This is a fascinating just a whole portion of scripture here because first of all you see the disciples they have just experienced Jesus feeding 4,000 people with just a few loaves and fishes and now then they've gotten in the boat and they're heading across and they head across the Sea of Galilee Jesus says, beware of the leaven of the scribes and the Pharisees. And they've forgotten to bring any bread along and they just had one loaf. And so they say, he's mad because we didn't get any bread. And the thing is, they totally missed what he was talking about. And so he goes ahead and he tells them, and I just want to, Find the exact words here. Uh, yeah, he said, "You know, watch out, beware of the leaven of the of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod." That's what it says in the, in the book of Mark. In the book of Matthew, I think it also lists the scribes. But uh, then he says to them, "Why do you discuss the fact?" that you have no bread. Do you not yet see or understand? Notice those words, see or understand. They were listening to Jesus. He was trying to tell them something. They heard the words, but they did not understand. They couldn't see what he was talking about. Having eyes, do you not see? And having ears, do you not hear? And do you not remember when I broke the five loaves for the 5,000, how many baskets full of broken pieces did you, did I pick or did you pick up? And then they said to him, 12 and said, when I broke the seven for the 4,000, how many large baskets full of broken pieces did you pick up? And they said, seven. And he said to them, do you not yet understand? And then the thing is, then he goes on. And so what he's talking about, he's saying, you're blind. You can't see. You can't hear what I'm saying to you. But he explained it to them uh, at a later time. What he basically was saying, if I wanted bread, guys, I could have whipped some up. He didn't need them to help him along with it. They were still not seeing and not hearing what he was said. What I want to talk to you today about is spiritual blindness. Blindness is a, is a terrible thing. Now, some people can just do phenomenal things even without their sight. There was a gentleman in Rosenberg, Texas, he had the Texas grill for many, many years. And I'm sure some of you have eaten there even. But uh, Red, I think his last name was Miller. It's been many, many years ago But I, when I knew him. But Red was blind, but he didn't become blind until he was like 50 or... Uh, he was 50 years old, I think, when he became blind. But he had this uncanny sense of what was going on around him. And they would go out in the bay fishing three, five miles out to where there was a sunken uh, ship and or barge. And uh, uh, whenever they got there, 
whenever they started to put down the anchor, he'd say, no, 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 no. You need to move about 10 feet over this way. He couldn't see, but had this built-in uh, GPS system to where he knew where he was all the time. And he was always right. You couldn't see anything but water, no landmarks around, but he knew right where he was. And uh, one of the most interesting things was he loved to play dominoes. And he could just feel the dominoes and to count, you know, know what, what was being played. He could count the dominoes and know which dominoes had been played. And if somebody, he caught somebody, he could catch you if you tried to cheat him. And uh, if he caught you cheating, he threatened to turn out the lights so it would even things up for you. He was just amazing like that. But uh, the thing is, I'm sure there were so many things that he wished that he could see. I read of a gentleman the other day who was blind for 50 years and then got his sight because of they developed a surgery that could give him, not just restore, but give him sight. And he was so excited by color. He said he just never realized how yellow, yellow was. And But his favorite color was red. He just thought red was just the most wonderful thing in the world. For 50 years, he missed out on the whole realm of life. Blindness costs something. It, it, it takes away to where you can't see what's going on. And it causes uh, just a, a lot of unrest un, and, and a lot of uh, lack of peace and a lot of fear. I've shared with you how the night that the dog started barking when I was around 16, I was home by myself. Two o'clock in the morning, I looked out the window to see what was out there. And this hand came up in the window. Whenever I saw it, my head, hair stood straight up and the hand went down. And then whenever I tried it again, I finally discovered that the window was so clean. It was like a mirror. And it was my hand going up on the inside. In darkness, you can even scare yourself. It's good to be able to see. And it's terrible not to be able to see. And there's such a lack of peace. I remember uh, reading several times how there was one tribe in particular of American Indians that one of the rites of passage of uh, boys into manhood was they had to go out into the wilderness, way out into the wilderness, all by themselves and spend the night without any weapons or anything with them, just by themselves. They had to show that they were brave and that they could do that. And it was scary sitting there under a tree, listening to the uh, wolves howl and hearing things crunch around in the woods around you and not being able to see and not having a way to defend yourself. But the thing is, when dawn broke and they usually would have fallen asleep somewhere under that time of the day and they woke up, they could see their father standing over to one side, well-armed, watching guard over them all night. Had they known he was there, they would have had so much more peace, wouldn't they? And there's so many people that miss out on knowing 
the presence of their heavenly Father and the presence of the Holy Spirit because they are in darkness. They do not have any sight. Yeah, I've heard many people voice their consternation in the fact that not everyone in the New Testament accounts believed that Jesus was the Son of God. They saw him do miracles. They saw him uh, uh, do such things that so many people just really what they said, what he said just resonated in their hearts. And yet there were learned spiritual leaders who hated him. They didn't see him as the son of God. They saw him as God's enemy because they were spiritually blind. And you can see just from what happened to Jesus, what spiritual blindness can even cause us to do. It can cause us to harm people tremendously. It can cause us to be people that if we knew what we were really doing, it would just kill us. So spiritual blindness is a terrible thing. It brings death uh, in this world by not knowing what to do the way God wants to do it. And it brings eternal death because we're going along just as happily as we can in the dark, being scared to death, really, not knowing what lies ahead. And uh, so... I want you to look here, first of all, at the reason of spiritual blindness, because you see, it's just as prevalent today as it was when uh, we walk, when Jesus walked the streets of uh, and the roads of Judea. And I wonder, sometimes I wonder, would I, I know there was a point in my life, I wouldn't have seen him for who he was. I might have enjoyed his tricks. I might have uh, wanted to learn something from his words and still not known that I was in the presence of the Savior of the Lord. And the thing is, you can be just as blind today to the Lord's work around you and uh, you can miss it for, for good. So let's just look at what causes it. First of all, spiritual deadness causes it. We were, we've been talking about how, uh, when we're born, you know, we are, we are made, we're three, three parts, spirit, uh, soul, and body. And our soul connects us to the natural world. Our, and, and, and to God, you know, to God's creation and to, it connects our soul to that. Our spirit connects us to God. And joins us with God. And because of sin, our spirits are dead until we're born again. And then our spirits become alive. And then we have spiritual sight. And then we can start to see things we never saw before. And so when you're spiritually dead, you're separated from God. And you can hear, you can be just like old Red Miller. You can get along pretty good, or you might think you're getting along, but you're still missing out on so much. Another thing that causes uh, uh, spiritual blindness is rebellion. And Ezekiel 12.2 says, Son of man, you dwell in the midst of a rebellious house. 
that also causes blindness, you see, rebellion, which has eyes to see, but does not hear, and ears, I mean, eyes to see, but does not see, ears to hear, but does not hear, for they are a rebellious house. And in, that's in Zephaniah, well, in Zephaniah 117, we read, I will bring disaster upon this people, and they shall walk like blind men, because they have sinned against the Lord. Walking in unknown sin is another cause of, walking in known sin is another cause of spiritual blindness. In Matthew 13, uh, Jesus quotes from the Old Testament, and watch how he ties spiritual blindness into a, a lack of understanding. It says, and in them, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled, which says, hearing you will hear and not understand, seeing and you will not perceive. For the hearts of this people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing. Their eyes have closed. Now watch, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears lest they should understand with their hearts and turn so that I should heal them. So please watch. Jesus said they have to be able to see with their eyes and hear with their ears, with their spiritual eyes, with their spiritual ears, so they can understand God's word, so that they can turn and so that I can heal them. The reason why many people are not spiritually healed is because they don't turn from their sin. That is so important. The reason they don't turn from their sin is because they don't understand what their sin is doing to them. The reason why they uh, uh, don't understand what it's doing to them is because they're spiritually blind and deaf. It causes you to remain physically, mentally, spiritually, and emotionally sick. It's God's Word that changes people. Now, one such teaching, now there's a false teaching, let me put it this way, is another thing that I've discovered can make you spiritually blind. You can be born again and love the Lord. But because you are listening to other voices, false prophets, if you will, it could be loved ones that have taught you wrong things that keep you from hearing what God has to say. One such teaching is that miracles such as healing and the gifts of the Spirit died out with the apostles. I know they did because I've seen them happen over and over again. And yet uh, some people uh, just uh, have their, they'll, they'll, they'll just try to explain it away. And uh, they can see a miracle happen and still say, well, that was just spontaneous remission, you know, or something like that. They'll find a, a worldly reason why it happened. But the thing is, I remember uh, Robert Morris is where I'm, uh, taking some of this from. And Robert uh, Morris uh, had a, a friend that he was having coffee with one time. And uh, this guy was from a 
denomination that believed that all the miracles, all the supernatural workings of God died out with the apostles. And uh, he just asked Robert, says, do you, do you believe that God heals all diseases? And Robert didn't even give his own opinion. He says, well, uh, was, was it Psalm 103.4 says, and heals all your diseases. He said, you believe that? And he just said, Psalm 103.4 says, God heals all your diseases. And, uh, uh, and the guy said, I, I, I just can't believe that. Well, it says it right here in the Bible. And he opened it up and he let Robert, and Robert let him see right there in Psalm 103, uh, verse 4. And he just showed it to him. And the guy read it. I'm sorry, it's 103.3. Who heals all your diseases. The guy read it. And he sat back and he said, I just can't see that. The thing is, he just read it for himself in God's word. And he said he couldn't see it. That's spiritual blindness. Now, it makes you now listen to this. The whole verse goes, the verse starts out, who pardons all your iniquities. That's the first part. The second part is who heals all your diseases. And then it goes on, who redeems your life from the pit. And this, let's just say it was a Baptist minister. He believed everything on both sides of that one verse. So how do you take part of it and not take the rest of it? It's so a right there nestled in the middle, but because he was spiritually blind, he had been taught and he could not see. There's so many of us have learned different things from family, from friends uh, that just go totally against scripture. And, uh, and it causes us not to be able to see. Another one of the false teachings is that uh, the God of the Old Testament and the God of the New Testament aren't the same God. Now then, how can they say that when Jesus' Bible was the Old Testament and he quoted it over and over again? If it's good enough for Jesus, it ought to be good enough for you. Don't separate the Old Testament from the New Testament. Jesus never did. He lived out of the Old Testament. He came and he said, I didn't come to take away with one jot or tittle from the law. But then he also said, I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. And it all goes together. And you cannot really Understand what God expects of you in the New Testament if you just shun the Old Testament and cast it aside. You get a concept of what holiness and godliness really is in reading the Old Testament. And then you get to see how God really meant for it to be played out in the New Testament. And so we need to be sure that we're listening to him. Another major thing is pride. Spiritual pride causes spiritual blindness. We've talked about rebellion. We've talked about 
continued sin. The only reason why you would continue in sin is because you're an arrogant person and you think that you know better than God. And that's the only reason. And uh, let me tell you, I've been there too. I know what that's like. The only reason we would continue to sin is because of pride. The only reason we have a rebellious heart is because of pride. Pride is at the root of it. What can we do about it? That's the most important thing, isn't it? What can we do about it? Jesus, as we see here, he can heal it. The rest of this passage goes on and talk that we read this morning talks about a mind, a man who was born blind. He was born blind. He couldn't see. And so the Lord uh, takes him out to, out of the city and he puts mud on his eyes. And then he, uh, where does he put mud on? I can't remember. Anyway, he, t- he touches his eyes and then he asks him, what do you see? And the guy looks around and he says, I see men as trees walking. And so then Jesus touched his eyes again. And he said, now what do you see? And all of a sudden he could see clearly. Now, some people take this passage and they think, that what it means is, see, even Jesus doesn't get it right the first time. Doesn't get it right all the way. But there is a message in what happened to this man for each one of us. Here's the man. First of all, he sees men like trees. And then, uh, do you remember what we talked about trees and symbols a few times ago? Do you remember what trees are? Trees are people. Let's look here in Psalm 1, 1 through 3. Uh, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the paths of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. His delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the water. I see men, they're like trees walking. Psalm 52, 8. But I am like a green olive tree in the house of God. He didn't turn into a plant. He's just saying that's what he's like. Psalm 92, 12. The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. Jeremiah 17, 7 through 8. Blessed of the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord, for he shall be like a tree planted by the water. Isaiah fifty-five twelve, And all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Trees don't have hands and trees don't clap. People do. Talking about people. You've never seen a bunch of oak trees clapping their hands. Those are people. Matthew 7, 17, New Testament now. Even so, Jesus said, Every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. 
Is he teaching you how to be a good arborist? Is he teaching you about trees? No, people knew about trees. He's talking about people there. He's teaching about people and Jesus calls them trees. Now, Zechariah 4.11. Then I answered and said, What are these two olive trees at the right of the lampstand and at its left? In verse 14 it says, So he said, These are the two anointed ones. These are the, the witnesses in Revelation, you see, who stand beside the Lord of the whole earth. So Zechariah saw trees. And who were these trees? The angel said they're two men. These are the two anointed ones. These are the witnesses at the end of time. So trees represent people in the Bible a lot of times. And people, Jesus puts his hands on him and then he says, what do you see? I see men like trees. Then he put his hands on him again and he restored everything. And it just makes perfect sense. It's not that, he, that Jesus didn't get it right the first time. The first time he restored his spiritual sight. The second time he restored his natural sight. So it's Jesus who can heal our spiritual blindness. Now then, how does this happen? How does it, it uh, well anyway, I'll tell you how it happens. In 2 Corinthians 3.16, Paul tells us, and if anyone would know about spiritual blindness, it would be Paul who wound up having scales fall off of his eyes because he was so spiritually blind and so spiritually proud. And whatever I talked about being spiritually blind, causing death, his spiritual blindness caused him to be involved in the death of many people. And yet, when the scales fell off, just like uh, we sang this morning, he once was blind, but then he could see. So Paul says, Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. The curtain is is drawn and all of a sudden you'll be able to see things you couldn't see before. This is how it happened with me. I had everything I thought was going to make my life worth living and I was miserable. I tried everything. Nothing worked until I finally turned to the Lord. And whenever I just said, in misery in life, in a successful place, Jesus helped me. He pulled back the curtain and I could sense his presence. I could know he was with me. And I, the Bible all of a sudden made perfect sense. It all fell into place because Jesus is the only one who can pull back the veil of our spiritual blindness and help us to see. Remember, this book, this book was written for spiritual beings by 
the greatest spiritual being. The Bible even tells us that the natural man, the natural mind, cannot comprehend or understand this book. The way that we understand this book is we approach it just like Jesus said we're supposed to approach the whole kingdom of God as little children who know that we need help and are willing to admit that we need help. We don't read this book like, well, I've read it before, or I'm a Sunday school teacher, or I'm a pastor. We come to God saying, Lord, before you and before your word, I'm just like a little child. And I cannot understand this book unless you open my spiritual eyes. And no matter how old you get and how many times you read it, if you approach it like that, he will show you new things you have never seen before. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.